Welcome to SolkanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Welcome to Solconicast episode 48, Fasting. 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 <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Hannah Whitevin, owner of Solcana Fitness and Wellness. And I'm Lucia Holly, nutritional therapy practitioner and owner of EssentialOmnivore.com. Yay! Yay! Food, or <laughs> lack thereof. Yay! Gonna be great. Hannah is wearing a new Solcana shirt, and yep. it's dope AF. Yeah, it's, it's a so Solcana Pride. And it's in like gold foil. Yeah, it's yeah. so great. Happy Pride Month. Yeah, happy Pride Month. Yay! It's June. It's June. It's been June for weeks by the time you hear this episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. Time flies when you're June. Yep. Time flies <laughs> when um, you're June. The shirt was also printed. It was like live printed at Sulkana's third year anniversary yeah. party, which was last Saturday. It was the best. It was a blast. I'm still tired from it, to yeah, be honest. I bet. It was exhausting, but were, fun. For anyone who's listening who doesn't go to Sulkana, um, there were team challenge. There was like a team competition. Yep. So like the first two hours or so, maybe even three hours. It one. was like three hours. Yeah. It was supposed to be two, but it was three. Yeah. And then we had a bunch of food and I still have so much pork. And well, not even that much actually, because yeah. it's been pretty popular in my house. Yeah, but we have some leftover pork and greens. Nice, salty pork and salty greens. Well, hey, yeah, <laughs> yep. On top of the fact that I made pulled pork last week. Oh my gosh! So, if you want to drop any of that pork over at my house, you know what to do. You know what to do. <laughs> Hazel would love it. Yeah, sure. Well, Hazel and someone else. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good point. Not. She's not gonna get that pork. No. Maybe she get a bite. No. Yeah. How was week besides that? Oh, week was fine. I have like these three mosquito bites on my left arm that are killing me. They're still itchy. Mm. They got like bit yesterday. You know, when you're just like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Calamine lotion. I guess I do. Or toothpaste. Does that work? Is that just for zits? (laughs) Well, you know, probably wouldn't hurt at this point. Just throw something on there. Just something sticky where I'm like, Mm. oh, no, I can't itch that. Mm -mm. Yeah. Um, so that was my week. It was itching three mosquito bites. Wow, what a tremendous week. Yeah, speaking of workouts. <laughs> How was your week? Oh, uh, it was good. I was after the anniversary day, I just like slept all day on Sunday and then work, work, work this week. But I've been retesting some foods. I've been taking my taking the plunge. Now I'm six weeks into this hypoallergenic diet. So I was like, all right, I'll start kind of retesting some stuff so tell people how what that process is like so like for example when i test when i tested eggs i ate eggs like three times that day breakfast lunch and dinner i probably ate six or maybe eight eggs Uh that day and then i waited four days to see if i noticed any any sort of reactions and it was kind of conflated by the fact that i was in vegas (laughs) so and i had like all these weird allergy symptoms from cigarettes yeah. So I retried it because I was like, well, that wasn't a very good test. So sure. I waited four days and then I retried eggs, had a bunch in one day and I had a bunch. I had some in uh, in baked form and in like, you know, regular 
eating eggs form. Yeah. And I probably ate, yeah, between six and 10 eggs that day. Mm-hmm. And it was good. I didn't notice any changes in my, you know, the things I'm looking at are like my poop or my sleep or um, my skin is a big thing for me right now because mm-hmm. that was what was really problematic or like my level of energy mood all that stuff good so um I didn't notice any changes with eggs so I I waited four days and then I've been reintegrating them sort of I'm not going crazy good yep and I think that's really smart yeah so I'm probably eating eggs for breakfast once every three days yeah and and now what the the really big thing for me is being able to have them in mixed things because they're just in everything and if you're gonna have like a paleo grain-free sugar-free dairy-free like pancake or something something baked it's gonna have eggs in it yep and so I went and celebrated at um sassy spoon because they make a waffle that Mm. is cashews and coconut milk and, and like probably about four eggs yeah per waffle um and it's so good and I've been I've just been waiting to eat that yeah and it was so satisfying i'm glad super satisfying and what have you tried since eggs well i haven't had a ton i mean you know that's that's eight days worth of testing right there right so after that this this week i feel like i've had no time to test anything until um the day before yesterday i tested peanut butter okay and probably i should have just done straight peanuts but i got peanut butter that's like pretty much just peanuts and oil yeah you know yeah and I don't think peanut butter is going to be my friend. Oh, no. I know. What did you notice? I ate a lot of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, because you got to I probably eat six tablespoons in the day. Yeah. Of peanut and butter, which is more than anyone would ever have for a serving. But, well. <laughs> well, right. Not peanut butter fans that I know. Yeah. Um, but just as a side note, like when you are, when someone's doing a reintroduction, you do want to like load up on whatever food or ingredient that you're curious about. Because if you just yeah. have like, you know, curious corn and you have like one corn chip, okay. That's maybe, not going to help that's, you. You're not going to notice really if there's a some sort of effect unless you have a very severe reaction, which if you have a severe reaction to a food, you probably already know. You probably it. know, yeah. So. So I did the pulse test with peanut butter a, a week ago uh-huh. and I didn't notice anything, no, no major change in my resting heart rate. But as soon as, it was like 24 hours later that I noticed some pretty intense side effects. And specifically the things I noticed were, um, well, I had to go to the bathroom more urgently. Uh-huh. I've been tired. I feel like more fatigued yesterday and today mm-hmm. than I've been before. I feel with just as much sleep as I would normally get. And last night I was coughing. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a biggie for you. That's a biggie for specifically. me. Specifically. So my skin looks fine, but I was coughing and I've been feeling low energy. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, peanut butter might not be my favorite thing not so much but cool hearing that's something like cashews those cashews that were in that waffle so yeah like that's an option oh yeah so. cashew butter is my jam yeah perfect it's it's you know it's just that peanut butter is in like it's you know a lot traditionally peanut butter is the is the butter that's most used right it is but i will say i had peanut butter by accident in a small amount like during in sometime in the last three, couple weeks and I didn't notice any problems then. Yeah. So I think the large quantity, I think just peanut butter as like a daily thing is not going to be for me. Totally. Um, but that was a really interesting experience because I haven't had any bad reactions coming back yet. Yeah. So 
Next up is cocoa. Cocoa, some cocoa powder. Mm-hmm. Gonna yeah. try that out. I'm. I will be really interested to hear what that feels like. I'm hoping good. <laughs> like I was. I'm. I'm. Peter butter is delicious, but you know, so are every every nut butter is yeah. good. Yeah. But like, there's no replacement for chocolate. Even carob, man. Like I do better without um, cocoa, and for me, I think it's pretty dose dependent. So I slip in a little bit here and there. But like, I wish carob was the replacement that we all want it to be. But it's not. It doesn't taste the same. It's fruity and chocolate, yeah. unless you're like looking for a really like fancy cocoa that is like trying to be really fruity like a coffee that's like mm, yeah notes of berries and chocolate's hard to retest because like i have this some straight cocoa that i'll have but i also have a 88 percent dark chocolate bar and 88 percent is as high as it gets no like <laughs> i well, unless you get baking chocolate there, there are more and more brands that are carrying 95 to 99 i not find one at target lint All brand right. will carry it also cocoa nibs can be an easy way to just do okay. it straight or just a cocoa powder. So I'm, I have all those things ready to go in cool. my arsenal. So we'll see how it goes. We'll be checking in next week about it. Yeah, you know it. Cocoa adventure. God, <laughs> it's just sad adventure. But you know what? I'm on this train and I'm not getting off for a while. So I don't think it's sad. I think it's it's arduous and it's like regimented. But think about what you're learning. Like, true. I definitely feel like I've known you long enough that you coughing at night is something that's come up. That's like repeatedly. the worst thing. That's like the worst thing for me to find. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, am I coughing right now? Right. So I was asleep. I woke myself up coughing. I'm like, oh, no. And I know it's dry mm-hmm. outside right now, but it's been dry. It's yep. been dry for over a week. And yep. I just started coughing now with this peanut butter. So. Yep. And it was like a day and a half after. Mm-hmm. Those delayed reactions are they're a thing they're real mm-hmm. so that's why it can really bump out like hypoallergenic diet or you know people are doing the essential you which is very close to elimination diet people when i tell them in the last day of the class like okay if you want to be retesting foods like basically you're bumping out the whole challenge by months yeah by like three or four times the number of foods that you want to be reintroducing yeah but yep then if you can if you can allow yourself to be that methodical and that feels and okay I, right, and i never have before so this is a yeah. very new thing for me and yeah. like i don't i enjoy the food i'm eating it's really good it's really delicious to eat meat and vegetables yeah and then they taste fully and you can season them well it's just that my social life is a little different mm-hmm. which is fine and like i'm going with some friends to a cabin this weekend and they're all gonna have wine and i'm not ready to test wine yet yeah um, you know, so I'll have chocolate. That's, that's why I brought <laughs> that's it. That's your fun. Yep, that's because I was thing. like, well, I'll use that day when they're drinking wine. I'll just drink chocolate and try that because I don't know that I'm ready to test wine yet. I actually don't know that I'm ready to have alcohol again. Mm-hmm. Maybe ever. Ever. We'll see, dude. <laughs> hop in my boat. I'm pretty much there, right with you. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. I, have I gotta hit. think about it a little bit longer. For some reason, that one is, you know. Well, it's such a social thing. It is. And it doesn't, you know, it's, I think decisions like those can change unless there's a very major reason that really sticks out why it would, it would feel uncomfortable or bad to be making a choice like that. But yep. it could be the kind of thing where it really just depends on the situation that you're in where 90% of the time, yeah, alcohol isn't going to make a situation that much more fun or what have well, you. Well, right. It's like not even that. It's just that. The you would get attached to the relaxing effect of one glass of wine and mm. after a hard week. Sure. There's not much else that can do that for you. It's true. <laughs> 
Nothing legal, at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Pulled pork doesn't do that? <laughs> no. But ice cream does. Ooh, ice cream. Mm. I did retest ice. I told you that. Yeah. On the last episode, I yeah. think. I did try sugar. It didn't work out. Yeah. So. Sugar's a toughie. Yeah. Eggs are back in. Nothing else yet. We'll see. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Keep us updated, please. Yes, I will. You know, I will. It's all I can think about. It's yeah. all I can talk about. Welcome <laughs> <laughs> well, to food. <laughs> but my skin is super clear. You see it? Yeah, I do. I just have one, like, giant zit on my forehead, but sure. that's different. It's a regular zit. Yep. I will accept regular zits. I had, like, a skin rash, and that's gone. Yeah. My eyes are clear. My cheeks are clear. Mm-hmm. My chin is clear. So I'm just trying to ride that train to Huge. destiny. Huge. Yeah. Huge. I talked a lot. That's cool. So, I wanted sorry. to hear the update. Couldn't help it. Yeah. Just, I had that PB experience. <laughs> I, had to, I had to share. The PB effect. Yeah. And Josh um, doesn't want peanut butter either. He's like, I'm good. So, we're just probably going to throw it away. Listen, I think peanut butter, that's, I actually think that's the reason why so many people, like, have such a big emotional tie to peanut butter is because they're having a reaction and what they're craving is that histamine or endorphin rush that they get after peanut butter because yeah. it's so tough on so many people's bodies and a lot of the time I think it's tough because people are reacting to a mold that's on the peanuts themselves mm-hmm. so um I and I'm highly allergic to mold so yeah. that's possible that that's where that cough came from too yep in the mold and yeah yeast fungus just the stuff that's on the peanut um, so it can be tough if you don't have a easy access to allergy panels and like different types of blood testing to see what markers you're reacting to. But for the most part, that's why peanuts are out on strict paleo and Whole30 and yep. essential you is that yeah, you they're never just, know. they're it's highly not allergenic. It's the peanuts. It's like could be something else. It's what they're carrying. Yep. Yep. So yeah, <sighs> if I'll put it on the next door app. It'll be like free peanut butter in the alleyway. <laughs> Yeah, gross, but it would be gone in like two But seconds. it would be, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now I feel bad for all the times I've fed Pee. peanut butter to my dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. Like, I guess it's going to be a very expensive cashew butter dog. Or so, you know what? Sunflower nut butter is so cheap mm-hmm. and it's really good. Do you know that it turns green when you bake it? No. Yeah. You can make sunflower seed, like nut butter cookies. Wow. And they look like a normal cookie, like a, you know, if you made like a peanut butter cookie. They look just like that from the outside, but if you break them open, they're, they're bright green. green. So they're great for certain days, like 420 or for St. Patrick's Day. Or Halloween, even. Or Halloween. Anything you want a little green. I mean, even like a Christmas, right? Red yep. and green. Yeah. And wow, you, that sounds great. Yeah. If you add lemon juice, they do not turn green. It like deactivates chlorophyll, something that's happening in that chemical reaction mm-hmm. when they're getting heated up. But Well, you know what I like? It's just a scoop of sunflower nut butter with a sprinkle of sea salt on it. Ooh. You just slowly eat that mm-hmm. in front of the TV. That's the same as a glass of wine. <laughs> that's basically what I did. Well, last night I just like sat in front of the TV eating strawberries and watching The Bachelorette. And I was like, this is similar to drinking rosé. You Okay. <laughs> At some point we have to get into the content of our episode. But what you just said, <laughs> um, my friend Amanda Pa and she runs an amazing blog called Heartbeat Kitchen. Um, she's local to the Twin Cities. She just posted a photo and it was a recipe or just a quick thing she was doing as a snack. Dipping whole strawberries into melted coconut butter or coconut yes. mana and yep. then like freezing that real quick so it develops a hard <gasps> shell and then sprinkling crushed pistachios on it before what? it hardens. the heck? Yeah. That sounds so good. So good and so friendly. 
Yeah, body coconut man. You guys, we've talked about this before, but oh, I toasted my coconut mana. Did I tell you that? I followed through on what you said on the podcast. Awesome, so good. It's like caramel. It's insane. Yeah, and I had I had to make sure to measure out exactly two <laughs> tablespoons because otherwise I would have taken out like a lot yeah eat it by the spoonful yeah which is fine it's like really good healthy fat and if you're like low on fat for the day mm-hmm. dang right there for you easy way to get it in yeah if you've yeah. had too much like ground turkey and broccoli like i have <laughs> and you need some fat yeah either cook it all in duck fat or just toast up some coconut mana and maybe do both hey um well now that we're talking about all the food let's talk about not eating any food okay let's talk about fasting <laughs> fasting it is the right month for it <clears throat> I hope, I think by the by the time this episode comes out, we'll still be in Ramadan, right? Yes, we will. So we have some friends right now who are fasting in a different way because yep. they're fasting during the day. Yeah. Um, but that's a long period of time in the summer, like a lot of time it is. of sunlight. Yep. I believe um, someone I was talking to who is fasting right now because of that said that they fast or they break their fast between 9 a.m. and th- oh, sorry, 9 p.m. And like 3 a.m.? Yeah, so that's a really short window of food. Yeah. And some of that is sleep. Yeah. Hopefully a bunch of it. Hopefully. (laughs) So, yeah, a different, just a different take, um, which is so cool. And it's for such an extended period of time as well. So fasting, um, I also feel like this could be two episodes. So we'll see how much content I get through because I want to leave time for you, Hannah, to talk about faster. You don't have to if you don't want to. I Um, can save it for another time. (laughs) We'll see. Because there are a lot of people who asked questions about fasting. So I want to make sure. I have so many myself. Okay, cool. I'm ready. Cool. Sweet. All right. Then here we go. Um, So what is fasting? Fasting essentially is not eating, not taking in calories. That's an easy definition. (laughs) Not too crazy. But within that, there are going to be different types and there are going to be different ways that people kind of skew and use that term. So a few different types would be um, the most severe form of fasting is called dry fasting. And that's where someone is choosing not to eat any food and also not to consume any liquids, Mm -hmm. including water. Then there's going to be juice fasting, which is where people are choosing to be drinking liquids that might have some calories here and there, such as like vegetable juices or right. potentially some fruit juice um, or bone broth would also, I would categorize it under juice fasting. Um, then there's water fasting, which is where you're not eating any food and then all you're taking in is water. Um, hopefully it has some electrolytes in it too. And then... With all of that, in addition to what's coming in and what you're keeping out, and you're keeping out a lot of things, you can also think about timing for fasting. So this is very varied as well. Some people will fast for certain windows of time. Um, so when people, let's say, a, a common kind of scheme is doing a 16-hour fast and an 8-hour window of time to be eating, and people... That's called intermittent fasting, right? So if people are doing that, they might be doing it more frequently than a longer fast. So some people will fast um, between 24 hours and 48 hours every couple of months. Whoa. Some people like to get very intense and might do a fast for seven days or more. What? Yeah. Uh, So with fasting, with anything that I'm talking about here, you have to talk to your, you know, medical practitioner. I think fasting, there's a spectrum of how safe and how usable it is. And it's definitely a tool that can be used, I think, by pretty much anyone. 
if it kind of hits, you know, checks off a few boxes with stuff that I'll be talking about. But if you're attempting to fast more than three days, I would say you definitely want to do that with your medical practitioner. Right. And there should be some reason, some severe <laughs> reason that you're doing such a severe fast. Yeah. Because I think anything, most benefits that you're going to get from fasting are going to happen within those first three days. Right. If not just from intermittent fasting. We're still getting in a total amount of calories throughout a week or here and there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's your baseline. Let's hope. Okay. So just know that. And a lot of the questions that people are asking, I think we're more about intermittent fasting. Well, it's also very popular <clears throat> right now. That's right. a big time buzzword. Yes. I went to the Paleo FX convention like in yeah. like 2012 or something, like mm-hmm. the very first one. Mm-hmm. And that was like the subject of every panel discussion was intermittent fasting. I'm like, okay, everybody, I guess this is becoming a thing now. (laughs) It's still very much a thing. Um, And so I I like want to save the questions for the end of the talk, but I might just have to like touch on questions as we go. Go for it. So some people were wondering with fasting, it seems like it's such like a head trip. Like, what is fasting? It's scary. What are the benefits? You know, what makes it, like, not healthy? Obviously, we should be eating because we're humans. So if we're not eating, then we're doing something wrong or bad unless it's, like, this crazy magical cure. Right? Right. So I think we can take a bit more of a relaxed approach to fasting. Um, And I think that's where intermittent fasting comes in. So all that means is that you're choosing to fast for some amount of time that's probably under 24 hours. But you're likely doing it with more regularity. So that might mean that, for example, Monday night, you choose to stop eating by about 7 or 8 o'clock. You fast through the night into Tuesday. Tuesday, you decide to skip breakfast and push out your lunch until about 2 o'clock. Okay, so that's going to be around a 16-hour fast. And then on Tuesday, between 2 o'clock, maybe 8 p.m. again, you're eating. You're eating your food. You're not necessarily eating fewer calories, although you might have an appetite for fewer calories, but you're, you've, all you've done is shift that window of when you're eating. Right. So what exactly is happening when you're fasting? A couple of different things. Um, first and foremost, you're helping your body to use its own energy stores for energy. Hey, if you're not getting energy in from food, your body is smart and it's going to keep you keeping on. So it's going to choose to either use typically body fat or lean body mass for energy. Um, this is where things get a little contentious. For the most part, for the first 24 hours of any fast, your liver will be using up its glycogen stores. And you won't necessarily be burning fat unless you're already fairly fat adapted, which I'll talk about. So if you're doing a longer fast, it can take time for your body to start to use that body fat that you have. And a lot of times people are fasting because they want to be changing that body composition Mm -hmm. and they want to be giving their bodies time to be using that fat for energy. Sure. Okay. In addition though, there are some other benefits. So one of them is going to be autophagy. I don't know how to say that. I don't know, but it sounded good to me. Great. We're going to go with that. So that's essentially where your body is able, because it's not having to be digesting and working through food that's always coming in, it can then work on some deeper housekeeping activities. So it can clear up some cellular debris, it can help you metabolize old hormones, it can basically do some deeper seeded cleaning, which is awesome. 
And I think that's a really beautiful benefit of fasting that can kind of get lost in the whole body composition weight loss thing. Right. Additionally, your body and kind of, you know, going like hand in hand with that kind of cleaning up is the fact that when your body is starting to burn off and use some of those body fat stores, there's more potential for some deeper detoxification to happen. So in the Essential You class, I talk a lot about how we're always detoxing and we don't have to like take skinny teas and right. have a lot of diuretics come in or do a master cleanse. Or pay hundreds <clears throat> of dollars for a juice cleanse. Right. You don't have to do that stuff. You can if you want. You're a free agent. Do what you want to do. But fasting is going to help you get into a bit of a deeper detoxification state. Because if you are burning up some of that, those body fat stores, our bodies are going to store any fat soluble toxins in our body fat. So if that's becoming metabolized, that can then mean that we have a higher toxin load that's potentially coming out of our system. This is also a reason why fasting can feel uncomfortable in the beginning, especially if someone has not played around with it before. Right. They might be a little bit more toxic, right? Yeah. Yep. So a consideration is just knowing that if it feels uncomfortable, um, (laughs) there are lots of steps you can take before you fast to make it more comfortable. But just know your body could be detoxing, which is a similar feeling to when someone starts um, like a sugar cleanse diet or style of eating or when they start working out at a gym. Yep. And they're just moving their body. Everything starts flooding into your system and yep. you're like suddenly weeping on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's actually, it's often, um, even if it's uncomfortable in the short term, it can feel quite great in the long term. Yeah. Okay. So the last uh, reason that someone also might be fasting as far as this certain category before we get into questions is that someone might be looking to be able to train from an athletic standpoint in more of a fasted state where they want their body to be able to adapt to this additional stressor of not having super available muscle glycogen stores or super available calories right off the bat while they're training so they can get more efficient at using the muscle glycogen stores that are available. Okay. So, With fasting, if someone is looking to do it, you're looking to detoxify a little bit, maybe you're looking to regain um, a body composition that you had before, you're just feeling a little funny about stuff, my first idea and tip, first foundation is, well, okay, I'm going to backtrack even before that first foundation, before that. So foundation Pre, zero. Pre-foundation. Pre-foundation. The hole that you dig for the foundation. Yeah. Check out what your relationship with food is. Okay. If taking out food, if not eating food is coming from um, a reward or punishment cycle, it's probably not. Yeah. Don't go that route. Place for you to be doing this. Okay. That being said, someone who has a history of disordered eating or eating that just food hasn't felt great at any time. For some people, and this is not everyone, but for some people, fasting can be a welcome relief from kind of the grip that food can have on us. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about our society, like we were talking about with Ramadan, fasting is often incorporated into plenty of different religious practices. It can be a traditional part of many different cultures. But in our current culture, I think we're very scared of not eating. Yeah. But our bodies know what to do when we're not eating. And there's some wiggle room before we get into a true scary starvation mode where our bodies is our you know, our bodies are breaking down our heart 
muscle tissue to use as energy and we're really breaking down our bodies just to stay alive there are lots of therapeutic and helpful benefits before we would ever get Get into that that state so i think the uh, the first thing is recognizing that in the u.s especially we're always eating so adding in a foundation like intermittent fasting can mimic potentially things that our ancestors used to encounter more frequently. Right, when they didn't have food. Yeah. For sometimes days at a time. Right. So first, let's think about our relationship to food right now on a micro scale. So your personal relationship with food. Second, think about our greater kind of American relationship with food. And then third, here's the foundation that I was trying to talk about before. Get your blood sugar levels balanced before you even think about not being able to have a meal or two or three. If your blood sugar levels are out of whack and your blood sugar is really high and then really low and really high and really low, what is it going to feel like when you first start to fast? Just crushed. Crushed. (laughs) It's going to be very uncomfortable. so tired. And what would someone do if they tried to like, you know, just grin and bear it through maybe they fasted for five hours out of like a 16 hour fast? Right. What are you going to do if you feel that crummy? You're going to stop. Yeah. And if you try to do that again, then I think we can get into that tricky territory of having to become more of like a binge and restriction right. structure, which we're not we're not trying to aim for. I think fasting can be a cherry on top of a well-balanced diet. There is not a huge need for it unless you really feel like one of the reasons that we've talked about so far or might continue to talk about really speaks to you. Yeah. Right? So someone isn't better because they can fast for 16 hours. Right. Like, I've been thinking about fasting, like, not now, but down the line after I reintroduce all these foods as a way to continue to give my belly a little therapy. Yep. Give it time to recover and rest for days, you know, a half day at a time. Just on top of everything else I'm trying to do to heal my gut. Right. But I have tried fasting before when I haven't been in that good of a place, and it's not good. It's not. It's very uncomfortable, and rightly so. And then you spend the whole time thinking about what you want to eat as soon as you can. Yep. And then you eat, like, like I would just, like, eat a bagel and a cookie and, like, eat whatever. I was so hungry. Yeah. Instead of feeling, like, relaxed and calm, yeah. it was, like, urgent. So. Right, right. Um, and so first step, get that blood sugar regulated. If you don't know how to do that, go listen to all the other episodes because I think I talk about it in every episode at this point. Yep. And then think about likely while that's happening, you're probably going to come become a little bit more fat adapted and your body is more naturally going to be able to be using dietary fat and or body fat for energy. So if that can be your intro, your gentle slide into then reducing food for a set amount of time, it won't be this huge stark contrast that your body right. now has to manage. Okay, so dietary fat is your friend. Look at if you want to become more fat adapted, you're essentially going to be lowering your carbohydrate intake and keeping um, protein at least at a moderate level. Okay, then the only thing that's coming in and out is the fact that your body's recognizing, oh, I'm using dietary fat for energy or, oh, that's not coming in. So I guess I got to use my body fat. Yep. And then that'll have some sort of a protein sparing effect where it doesn't feel like it has to use your muscles and be breaking down and using lean muscle mass um, and body mass for energy. And some people use like a, like bulletproof coffee or like rocket <laughs> yeah. fuel or whatever, all those fat 
Um, fat bombs. Yeah, too. fat bombs in the morning d- during their fast. Like, yeah. Is that, what do you think about that? Yeah, that was a very good question. I had a note on that and people were asking about that. So I think a calorie is a calorie. If you're opting to be fasting through the night, because when you're sleeping, that counts as fasting. You're not eating. If you're fasting through the night and you wake up and you're saying, hey, I'm not going to eat real food. I'm not going to chew food until two o'clock today. But in the morning, I'm going to have my bulletproof coffee, which is butter and maybe some coconut oil blended into coffee or tea or whatever. Yes, your body likely is still going to be in a fat adapted state. But is it not using those calories for energy? Not so much. So when people are looking at fasting with a fat coming in in the morning or in the evening, you can be fasting whenever you want. It doesn't have to be it just in the morning, but typically from a scheduling standpoint, that is what makes sense. To me, if you're trying to get those therapeutic benefits of fasting, don't try to lean on bulletproof coffee. Right. Don't try to have these things that are in essence still food and still calories. If you're looking just to stay fat adapted, if you want to get some calories in but not have your stomach be churning a lot of food, sure. Why not have some melted butter and some coffee? Right. If you want some calories before a workout, great. If you're really looking to have some more um, and deeper detoxification and to really signal to your body that the only thing it can use is your fat stores for energy, don't. <laughs> okay. Don't have a fat bomb and don't have bulletproof coffee or rocket You might be latte. better having that like before you start your fast. Mm-hmm. Like have it in at 7 p.m. or whatever. Enjoy yourself for that time. Right. Give yourself something soothing to sleep on and then like. Or have it during that eating or eat, know, during drinking window. window. Yeah. Don't be scared of fats. But again, this is my opinion. And if you look online, a lot of people will say that, no, you can be burning body yeah. fat with dietary fats right. coming in. Okay. But if you want to get a leg up on it and you want to actually kind of have some true fasting, maybe don't listen to that hype and actually see how it feels if your blood sugar levels are regulated and you are just not eating for right. a set amount of time. God. I think it's going to be more wor- worth people's time. So let's see. I'm looking at questions. Um, well, okay. One more thing before, before questions come in. If you are fasting, um, I want people to be considerate of electrolyte balance. So you're not getting any food in. You're not getting minerals in. So let's make sure that you're getting in some magnesium, sodium, and potassium, especially if you're doing it over the summer, if you're thinking about still being active to some degree. Whether or not you're killing yourself in the gym doesn't matter. Let's continue to keep you well hydrated. So in addition to drinking water, because I think with most fasting, please don't do a dry fast. I know they're available, but please drink water. Um, add in some sea salt into that water. Go out if you want some electrolyte tablets. This might be the time to use them. Use some mineral drops, like trace mineral drops. Make sure that balance is in there, and that's going to help that fast feel more approachable. And probably you won't feel as fatigued and overwhelmed mm-hmm. if you are coming into it having never done it before, or potentially with some blood sugar levels that are maybe a little still out of whack. Okay. Um, okay. We basically answered Kyle and Andrew's question about the benefits and differences between total and partial fasting, right? So Kyle asked if that's a thing. For example, coffee may be a source of fat rather than a full meal. Talked about that. If you want that truer, deeper um, 
detoxification or usage of body fat stores for energy, then probably a no-go for that bulletproof coffee. Gubby asks, should you limit what activities you do? Is there a good time of the year, winter versus summer? I would say if blood sugar levels are balanced, you probably have more options between those activities that you're doing. People will work out fasted. Um, I would encourage anyone who hasn't fasted before, who's kind of toying around with it, start low and slow. Don't go beat yourself up in a long endurance class. Don't go beat yourself up in a workout. Why don't you try going for a walk first Mm -hmm. and see how you feel? Do it on your rest day. Do it on your rest day. Do it on a day... Yes, on a rest day. Fasting can also be helpful if you have a day that is a little bit busier. So you're not just sitting around thinking about the fact that you're not eating food. Right. Right. So do it on a day. Maybe you're in the office and it is a busier day or you have a lot of errands to run. If you have that blood sugar level balanced first, you're not going to be crashing mid-errand. It'll probably feel okay. And then 2 o'clock likely will roll around pretty quickly. Okay. It'll still come. (laughs) It'll still come. Uh... Margie asks, Margie's name is the engineer presently known as Margie on Facebook. So Margie asks, do humans really live longer if we just don't eat like every third day or some such as I've heard before? (laughs) Or some such. (laughs) It's so great. To paraphrase. Yeah. I think that really ties into the detoxification and kind of autophagy routes and pathways that are happening and kind of can open up in your body. So yes, if you look at studies with fasting, there's definitely a lot of research coming back and coming out about how you can live longer and your body's going to be more efficient at getting that old cellular junk out. Great. So do you need to be fasting every third day? That's going to be up to you what you're comfortable with, what structure feels useful and applicable. Right, like some people do just like, oh, I'm a Monday, Thursday person. Or I'm a Tuesday, whatever, versus every third day because it can be hard to plan that in your life. Yep. I often think if someone wants to add in some fasting, choose one day a week to fast and give it a go for a month. So you have four fasts and then see how you feel. Yeah, if start you, easy. Yeah. You Again, just with so many different things, people think it's all or nothing. If you're going to do something, we're going to do it really hardcore. Okay, there might be some benefit to that, like I was saying with a bulletproof coffee. Right. If you're going to not eat, please just don't eat. But you can do some base work first to make it a more comfortable experience and to likely make it a more therapeutic experience. Yeah. Um, Marie asks all the questions. I have a friend that was originally <laughs> going to do 10 days but switched to five. So what should you look out for or what should you look out for to maybe cut it short? I would say Biggie is going to be... Someone who's going to fast for 10 days. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a fast where I would say you got to talk to your medical practitioner. Yeah, why are you doing it? That's that all or nothing mentality. Yeah, because if you're just... For, I feel like most people who are choosing that, and maybe I'm crazy, are just doing it to lose weight. Yes. And that is the worst solution to your weight problem if you have if you want to lose weight. It is. Because you will gain it all back, like, the same day. And Well, and studies <laughs> studies look at that, and at least 50% of people who are doing some sort of a hardcore fast who haven't implemented those lifestyle changes before and especially after are going to gain it back. Yep. So if you're coming to fasting just for that visual or for that body recomp, 
you have to ease into it and you you probably have to change what you're eating and what you're doing and that's the not sexy option not so sexy but definitely important but that's going to be the effective option yeah okay so check out lifestyle if you're curious what type of lifestyle maybe listen to the other episodes of the podcast (laughs) um it's all going to come into play so yeah your friend marie that went from 10 days but switched to five uh it's the benefit like a crash and burn to me yeah the benefit of 10 days is not going to be likely great especially if it felt so bad for them that they had to cut it to five likely they probably could have benefited from a 48 to try one yeah try one day try one day one time and and take notes on how it feels yep uh she continues so should you only drink water and have lime slices which is what this friend did amongst other limited tastes during other fasts um like i talked about in the beginning a few minutes ago there are going to be different types of fasts if you're looking for some gut healing if you're looking for that deeper detoxification then yes a water fast is probably going to be helpful the longer a fast is the more so i'd say you'd have to be thinking about how you're getting in nutrients if you're doing an extended fast and there's no food coming in i think there can be a place for um you know juiced vegetables you're getting in minerals, you're getting in those electrolytes, and you're getting in nutrients, and it's not that much effort on, for your gut to be breaking those down because they're already juiced. Right. I think that's going to be a healthier option if someone does choose to have an extended fast. But I would ask yourself, why am I choosing to have yeah, an extended is it fast? purely for weight loss? Mm-hmm. If that's the case, just if that's the case, <laughs> and turn back. Turn back. If that's the case, it would Start probably else. it would probably feel much better to get your blood sugar levels regulated and to become fat adapted. Yeah, just start by changing the way you eat. Yep. Changing what you eat, and then you can think about fasting. Yep. After like a couple months of that. Yes. Marie, her last part of her question is, do you recommend fasting for people that get hangry AF? Well, can I answer this question? <laughs> yeah. As somebody who has gone through the ringer in terms of hangry AF, um, and specifically worked with Lucia on this problem. The reason that you get hangry AF is because you have bad blood sugar regulation. Ding, 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 ding. So Woo-hoo. start there. Like if you are having problems where your body is starting to panic essentially and telling you, you need to find food, that's the most urgent thing, push everyone else out of your way. It is, it is very important that you find a source of carbohydrate and sugar quickly. If you're at that point and you can't even, you can't manage the hunger you know, if you can't take time to like make the food that you want because you're so angry or so like fierce feeling, you're not in a good position to start fasting because no. your blood sugar is crashing. And so you will be in the worst mood of your life every fast. And when your blood sugar is that low, the reason you're getting those big cravings and signals is because your body is saying, my blood sugar being so low is a horrible place to be. Yeah, it's scary. Your body's like, oh no, oh no, I won't be able to do the things I need to do. I yeah. gotta find what my food source now. So get that blood sugar regulated first and then fasting is gonna feel different and new. And sometimes people can feel a nice energy coming from fasting, often because some of your adrenal glands might be kicking in in an appropriate way. Yep. But but you gotta get regulated Work first. Work through the hanger first. It takes about two weeks. Yep. Two weeks, and in a, it's better to be hangry during those two weeks at smaller time frames, like <laughs> between lunch and dinner is yeah. usually when I noticed it, because mm-hmm. um, that's when you're used to treating yourself to something. Get rid of the hanger for two weeks rather than trying to work through hanger for 16 hours at work And if you're, something. if you're someone who s- tends to skip meals, and in addition to that, you just feel like 
you do when you are eating it's mostly only carbohydrates but you're like well i can fast because i already just skip meals because i don't have any time to eat right. and i just go 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 i greatly encourage you to also regulate your blood sugar switch over into more of a fat burning mode instead of that sugar and or carbohydrate burning mode so that your body is set up for that fast instead of being set up for having to manage with no food right because that's going to be an inflammatory state you can basically think of it like if your body understands that it's going to get the food that it needs and the, the nutrients that it needs then a fast will not be a shock because it will be calm enough to think well i normally will get the nutrients that i need and so i'm just going to hold on and continue to function at a high level and then when i get the nutrients it's not surprising it's okay it's not shocking right but if you're if your body's you if you have hanger your body doesn't get it it doesn't <laughs> think that you are going to have access to food because you're not always giving it access to food and you're not giving it access to nutrition and it's probably going to hold on to body fat stores and it might start for to, emergencies <laughs> yeah catabolize more lean body mass which is exactly what we don't want right so when you're looking at doing a fast as well Again, like I said before, it's that cherry on top of a balanced diet and balanced lifestyle. If you're feeling like it's one more thing you should do to beat yourself up or to do something faster, that's going to stress you out. And our whole goal here is for less stress. As funny as that might sound when you're not eating food, okay, having to digest and digesting essentially 24-7, well, we eat breakfast, we eat a snack before lunch, we eat our lunch, we have another snack, maybe we have another snack, and then we have dinner, and then we have dessert. Most of us are eating all day long. If you can give your body that break from digesting in a state where it's parasympathetic, that's going to help accomplish everything that we've talked about. Yes. So <laughs> Margie asked another question. <laughs> and Hannah, now. Uh, yeah. And I want, Hannah, I want you to answer this. All right. Um, how do you not pass out at your desk at 3 p.m.? Just in general, not necessarily while fasting. Okay, well, I already answered that question. <laughs> yeah. If you're exhausted at 3 p.m., you have a blood sugar <laughs> regulation problem. You probably Ooh. need to eat more fat, too, like 90% of Americans do. Because mm -hmm. I'm guessing you don't need fat, eat any fat for breakfast, and I'm guessing you don't eat any for lunch. A nice, yeah, a nice cue to see if you can start to play around with when t food is coming in and out and food timing can be start to be shifted around is... Can I get through in that calm and happy manner? Can I get through my day without snacks? Right. Do I feel like I can have breakfast, lunch, and dinner and be satisfied and get hungry before each meal, before the subsequent meal? But if you feel like that is out of your, your, that's out of your control right now and you have to have snacks, that's going to be a sign that blood sugar is intermittent fasting is not for you right now. Dysregulated <laughs> and that intermittent fasting is a bigger window than what you're already experiencing that is already feeling not so great. Right. Like try going four hours without eating. See how and it feels. And then see how 16 feels. Yep. <laughs> or maybe try try just like ending your, your dinner early yep. one night. Stop eating after dinner. Mm -hmm. And then don't eat again until breakfast. Just see how that feels. Yeah. And then you can start to extend the window. Yep. And maybe, or maybe the first time you do it, you just fast until noon and then you eat lunch. Yes. And then you just slowly grow that, that window. Right. You don't have to do it like all or nothing. It doesn't, it does not have to be all or nothing. Even when that term from 
just when you hear it, fasting, it it feel it feels severe. It feels like it should be all or nothing. Right. And it's spoken about in a way where it is all or nothing, but it really doesn't have to be. It's fairly normal for a body to not have any food for a day and then to come back to food. Haven't you ever watched Naked and Afraid? <laughs> oh God. Well yeah, that's a whole that's a whole other problem. They're they're uh, eating some lean body mass there. Oh God, they're just, just dying. I mean yeah. you're watching them die for twenty one days. Right. So some contraindications for fasting would be if you do not have enough body fat to be using for energy. If you have a already a very low body fat percentage and you especially probably don't have like muscle mass too, this is not for you. Mm. Um, it would likely be in your benefit to figure out why that body fat is so low. Maybe some gut healing needs to go on. That can happen with food <laughs> versus gut yep. healing happening with not eating food. Um, if you have a heart condition, or, you know, seizure activity, anything that, you know, fasting could in uh, fasting could be difficult on our cardiovascular system, especially those longer fasts. So, again, yeah. looking, talking to your doctor and checking in with some medical supervision. Um, like I said earlier, if you're doing a longer fast, I would probably support people to be doing a juice fast. And when I say juice, I mean vegetable. I don't mean pineapple. Right. Do a juice fast where you're getting in targeted nutrients. Because, yes, you can be losing body fat and using that for energy. But if you're becoming vitamin deficient, mineral deficient, just for that, your body's probably going to rebound in yo-yo because that's stressful. Yeah, it's going to just start holding on to the things that you're trying to get rid of. If you don't want to be rebounding after fasting think about how you can make that fasting not as stressful right and that probably means that lifestyle factors have to change I, you know i just feel like with all the questions around the fasting thing like the thing that keeps coming up in my mind is just that fat burning is a really slow process and healthy fat burning is a very slow process and that's why we give that large window for our bodies to try to be adaptive. So if you're thinking about like, oh, I'm 40 pounds overweight or I'm 10 pounds overweight, overweight not being the word I'm choosing, it's the word you're choosing. <laughs> I don't think you're overweight. <laughs> um, if you're feeling like, oh, I need to lose X amount of pounds or I need to get down to a six pack, like just know that none of that expectation is gonna happen within a short window because if it does, you will gain it back. You will rebound. Just give yourself time, like yes. nurture it. Let it be a super slow one pound a week process or, you know, a small percentage depending on like where you're starting and where you want to end up. But it's not going to be overnight. No. People that take the time, they're the ones who keep the results from or, and feel better. And that's where that fasting needs to be that cherry on top again. Fasting is not going to be a quick fix. And it can feel good when you're doing it. And it can feel, you know, psychologically, there can be some control that comes from it that can be appropriate and that can also be pretty maladaptive. Mm -hmm. So think of it as something, yes, I can use this as a tool. If you're approaching it from that standpoint, it feels like you can take it or leave it. Okay. If you feel like you can't take it or leave it or you feel like that's your only way to accomplish some part of some goal, that's making it very black and white. Right. And it's probably coming from a standpoint that isn't going to be sustainable right. in and of itself. So um, when people are asking about in this forum where I posted about fasting, when people are asking about how do you how do you come to it from a balanced perspective, 
or how do you make sure that it's not uh, going to be bad or detrimental? It's highly individual, but you have to ask yourself, am I balanced already? Can I handle this additional stressor, even if I know it's going to have therapeutic benefit? And some of that stress can be adaptive, just like working out in the gym with a hard workout. That can be adaptive. We can mm-hmm. choose to have that and recover and have it be good. You have to ask yourself, am I in the time and place to do it? If work is really stressful, if you're going through a breakup, if you just changed jobs, if you just started a whole new program, you move somewhere new, like any of that and so many other things, probably it's not the time to be fasting. Right. Let me just add in on the on the athletic side of things. If you are going to start a fast, if this is pretty new to you, I would recommend, like I said earlier, using a rest day as your first fast day, maybe even for your first full month, choosing your rest day um, just for your own ability to adapt. And then if you're going to continue doing it and you want to try it on a day where you're working out, choose a day that has a slightly less, a slightly smaller power output and maybe has more of like a slower cardio element or um, like if you're doing a lifts at like less than 80%. So choose a day where you can be strategic and maybe you're doing a 40-minute AMRAP, but it's kind of because you're going for so long, you're not moving at 100% effort. Don't choose a day where you're going to do um, back squats over 80% hmm. or where you're trying to recruit as many quick uh, burning calories as you can because you're just not going to have the energy that you want there. It can You can eventually adapt to that. You can. But I would just start slow. And choose rest days first, second, choose slow cardio days, then play around with choosing a day that's a little bit heavier and see how it goes. Yeah. But just don't do it like day one. Don't expect to fast. Come in and do your best, heaviest set. Just know that if that happens, if you make that choice, you're probably going to want to cut back on the weight at first because you're not going to see the same results that you want. And maybe you come mobilize. Maybe you do stretching. Maybe you're helping to move some of that kind of junk through your system in a soft and gentle way. If um, I wanted to add one other note, if, if we, uh, take this into you um, <laughs> because you'll learn about detoxification and detoxification pathways. If you're, and this is probably going to happen for people who are making it all or nothing black or white, if you're jumping into a fast and you haven't changed your diet beforehand and you're not going to change your diet afterwards and you're coming from a fairly processed, refined foods style of eating and you're not active and your body's likely more toxic because it's been holding on to all that stuff and hasn't had an outlet, likely your detoxification pathways are not open. So a fast can feel bad. Because it's hard for your body to excrete those toxins appropriately and to match the toxins that are now starting to flow out of your system. Right. And if you're new to fasting in general, you might have feel kind of like a shock. Yes. I I noticed the first time I did fasting when I was like on a more appropriate diet, not the first time where I truly did fasting where I was just like 21. Yeah. And like trying out when I learned. Yeah. Um, I noticed that I, I had to go to the bathroom more frequently than I expected like, you know, bowel movement bathroom yeah. more frequently than I expected without food. Right. Because my body was sort of like, what the heck? I got to get rid of all this. And then it got better. Totally. It went on, but. Yep. And if you want to be opening up those detoxi- detoxification pathways, incorporate that gentle movement. Don't feel like you have to be a slug on the couch. You're you're fine. Your body is still your body. Go ahead. Move around. Get in those electrolytes. Stay hydrated. Drink enough water and make sure that it's giving you electrolytes. 
um, do some dry brushing. Stimulate, you know, either it's dry brushing does a couple different things. It helps to stimulate circulation, which can then is tied to our lymphatic system. So get that f- more of that flow in your body. It's also going to be exfoliating your skin. So you have the potential to be sweating too. So maybe you dry brush and then you hop in the shower and then you go out for a walk. Go walk your dog Boom. or walk mine yeah. or walk Lucia's. Yeah. We could use a little help sometimes. Yeah. Come on already. Jeez. And then feed me pork. Right. <laughs> so moral of the story, fasting is not for everyone. It could be for you, but it, it should not be step one. It it's is. like step 10. Yeah. It's a tool. It's like a. The way the way that I really feel like uh, I understand fasting is that it's after you have played around with a lot of other elements in your life. You played around with fitness for a long time. You've played around with your nutrients for a long time. You've got yourself into a, a steady, balanced way. You want to tweak some extra factors. Yes, that's where things like fasting come in. Yes, and it's become popularized because it's very connected to keto. And so that's becoming more popular. And low-carb paleo. And low-carb paleo. There are a lot of people into fasting. You see a lot of high-level athletes talking about fasting. Yes. It seems a little sexy because there's usually that fat bomb associated with it. Yes. Even though that's, we're saying no, no. Um, and it people the people that are using it and talking about it are not necessarily you right now. Right. You can do that for sure. And there's lots of other experimentation that you can do. All sorts of tools that you can use on your Mm -hmm. body. Mm -hmm. Fasting is just one of them. It is. But they all should come like after you've gotten the foundational stuff calmed down and taken care of. And that's the not sexy route. Yep. That is the not sexy route. And that's fine. And those athletes who are doing what you're seeing and they have crazy abs and they're posting on Instagram about how they fasted and then they had like a rocket fuel latte and blah, blah, blah. Cool, that has its place. But honestly, those athletes, their nutrition is dialed in. Right. And their rest and recovery in order to become that athletic, for the most part, they're going to be exceptions, but they're going to be recovering well. They're going to be giving themselves... Oh, yeah, they're using like special machines to recover. Right. <laughs> so they have those lifestyle factors that are making it seem so effortless because they're putting in the effort yeah. in these other arenas. It's not effortless. They go to bed at 8 o'clock yeah. <laughs> every yeah. night. They're not they showing have- you the not sexy part because that doesn't get Instagram likes. Exactly. So. They're not like, here I am watching a movie at 5 p.m. planning to go to bed at 8. <laughs> not eating any six. food. Yeah, not eating any food. Yeah. Going in, working out really hard by myself. Eating a very specific (laughs) lunch of like three ounces of chicken and then recovering by like laying in a chair with my legs squeezed into these zip up (laughs) pressurizer (laughs) things. Super fun. Yeah. That's why they're able to Instagram so frequently. Yeah. Because they're laying there. (laughs) They're zipped up. (laughs) Anyway, the point is that it's not, it's probably not for you if your lifestyle is super go, 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 super like hyper stress mode. Please don't. Oh my gosh, please don't. If you're, if you're, yeah, don't. Like, just come talk to one of us or like just check in about ways to make that lifestyle a little bit more balanced and then use the tool of fasting when you feel it's appropriate. Don't stress out about it. Yeah, don't stress. Because stress is going to be anti therapeutic. Calm. Keep it calm. You know, first step you could try before you even think about fasting is to do a method of calming your body before you eat, which can help you digest and recover, (laughs) which is taking some deep breaths. Lucia taught me this. Five, 
deep breaths sure before you eat even two even two yeah if you can get your body to have a little bit of relaxation before you eat that's a great first step to deciding if fasting is something for you because if you can even calm yourself enough with food in front of you if you can (laughs) calm yourself enough to fully relax before you eat maybe maybe you're ready for like a six hour fast (laughs) so digestion is going to be a parasympathetic process right it can happen in that sympathetic state think about that it's the same with fasting. Fasting can happen in a sympathetic stress state, but to be therapeutic and to have those deeper kind of unfolding of those other effects it can have, let it be in that parasympathetic state. And if it can't be, then it's not the tool that you want. So don't don't grab a tool that's not, don't grab a wrench if you need a hammer. Right. Right. Just wait until you can get the hammer. Yeah. What are you doing? You <laughs> got to get do? the right tool for the job. Yeah. You fool. You fool. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode about fasting. 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 But not quickly and not stressful. So more like fasting. Like slowing. Slowing. Wow, that's a really good way to think about it. <laughs> Actually. Yeah. It should be called slowing. Should be. Well, that's what we'll call it from now on. <laughs> what are you doing? Slowing. Slowing. I'm slowing myself down <laughs> yeah. just a little bit. Um, it's super fascinating. There's a lot to more to talk about and learn about it. So there if you is. have follow-up questions for us, um, hit us up on our Facebook page, Sulconicast, and you can ask us questions there. Um, and keep those iTunes reviews rolling in because we got a couple more and I'm like, wow, we've got eight reviews now. Yeah? I think that's great. Should we do some shout outs for those? I don't know who they are because they have the weirdest names. I, I, well, let's see. Wow, we really do have eight. All right. I know. So first and foremost is Ryan, who I know we've shouted out to before. Ryan Bay. Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. You're the best. Um, the next is McLean H. Hey, that's my brother. Hey. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, M Pendleton, 0218 Peabody. That's my buddy, Matthew. I know oh, great. Who, I know who that Pendleton is. Hey, thanks, Matthew. Thanks, Matthew. He's all the way out in California. Um, Flo Rec. Says fun and entertaining, great topics. I enjoy the outlook on both fitness and nutrition. Thanks so much. I don't know who that is. Don't Thank know. you. Yep, appreciate you. The last one is Gubby with an exclamation, and hey. she says, "I'm in love with all the body We're loving talk with, you, with Hannah and Lucia." Aww. Thank you so much, Gubby. That means the world. That we you do will. love your bodies. Yeah. Um, you know, I might as well just peep this in there now. I want you to pay attention over the next couple episodes because we have some transformations coming here on Silconicast. <laughs> we are shifting things up because Lucia's about to leave ah, and go across the country. I we will still be recording. I haven't said that on the podcast yet, so. Oh my God. <gasps> I meant to earlier and I forgot to. I'm moving. Okay, whatever. What a way to end an episode. But the beauty of a podcast is that you can do it from anywhere. That's right. We just, we'll just have to see each other through video. Yeah. Um, but so the, the podcast is shifting a little bit. You will still get it frequently. Um, and we just, we're just changing up a little bit of our branding. So pay attention to that. It's coming your way. By the time you see it, it'll be July. <laughs> so, yes. um, and you should join us next week because we've always got more episodes for you. We've always got more people coming in and more things to say and more questions from you, the fantastic listener. Yay, you. Thank you, as always, to Taj, who is the, who is like... Who is like the the fat bomb latte that you want to drink so badly every yes. day? Yes. That's Delicious. Taj. That's Taj right there for you. Delicious and nutritious. So check us out next time on Sulconicast. Bye. Bye. Sulconicast is produced by Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit sulconicast.libsim.com. 
that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for full episode information. You can also visit our website at sulcanafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcana CrossFit. See you there.